Welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast, where Stoke City have won at football. Stoke scored two goals, which was one more goal than what Swansea City scored, Chris. Chris, 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 we've won a game of football. Uh, Yeah, it's impressive, isn't it, really? I thought, that's nice. That's a nice thing to happen for a football team, isn't it? To win a game of football. I was very. Do you, th- do, yeah. do you think at, uh, at full time the players were like really happy about it and stuff? I think that they probably were a lot happier than the Swansea team who came off and hadn't won a game of football, and they were like probably sad. But I think the Stoke players were probably happy. Yeah, yeah. Right. See, Robbie Savage get gets paid all those big bucks. <laughs> And yet we still do this podcast, Chris. Unbelievable, really. <laughs> I know, I know. Pick us up, eh? Six yeah, and six. We have the insights. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, let's move on. Let's move on to. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to a bit more than were the players happy or sad. They, they yeah. were. Although apparently the Swansea players were very unhappy because. Um, Whichever Olsen brother it is who plays for them uh, said that they had they had an. (laughs) I was thinking of the Olsen twins. Twins, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a different thing. That's Mary Kate and Ashley. There's a third sister as well, by the way. Um, Oh, gutted for her. Yeah, no no one knows who she is. I know, and no one knows that their brothers play football. Um, But yeah, he said that they had uh, there was a bit of a an, an argument in the Swansea dressing room. After. We don't call them dressing rooms, do we? That's a very theatre thing. It's a locker room or... No, uh, it is a dressing room. Is it a dressing room? Yeah. Like, dressing I room think... makes it sound like they should have, like... I don't know, it's like the, the backstage at the theatre and I, Wilfred Bonney has his own dressing room. I, f- I feel like most people in football in Britain call them dressing rooms. Fair enough. Yeah, I think Just... locker rooms is a bit American, Chris. You're watching too much basketball. That's, Any... that's true. Anyway, let's move on to uh, let's let's actually try and enjoy this win, shall we? Mm-hmm. Um, like we've beaten Swansea, uh, a really poor Swansea side. It's alleviated some of the pressure on Mark Hughes. Um, what did we do well yesterday? What what was it that meant we won the match? We um, we scored more goals. Oh, come uh, on, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. So, um, I think that on the whole, we, I mean, we, we looked really, really poor in the first, like, half an hour, up until we scored an equaliser. After that, it kind of, we, we, we did bounce into, into life, I think. Uh, a change to a two up front with Juve supporting Crouch, is a was a real good thing. I think Shakiri coming central, whether that was uh, through Mark Hughes's instructions or Shakiri on his own, uh, just coming central, it worked for us. And I think we just, on the whole, had a little bit more energy about us, and we're, we were trying to push for for an equaliser at first. And then once we had that equaliser, we were we were good going forward. Um, I think we were relatively 
solid for the rest of the time. I thought we held the ball pretty well. Um, I mean, it, it wasn't one of those games where I came away thinking, yeah, that was, that was a good performance. I think it was a poor performance overall. We were just better than Swansea. But, I mean, saying that, you, you could still take away... There are things from that performance that were, were good, um, certainly. And I'm, I, I am sold on Peter Crouch being in the team for the future because I think and especially if you play someone up there as a support I think that can that can work for us Hmm. yeah definitely um obviously we went into this game uh off the back of Liverpool which we haven't had a chance to discuss yet so I think we'll just kind of briefly uh recap that uh a pretty awful day all round Mm -hmm. uh it was a game that kind of amplified the cues out voices uh, we we should have had a penalty and a red card. No, were we given a free kick for that? Sorry, I'm, I'm all over the place. We <laughs> Mignolet should Mignolet should have had a red card. Yeah. Um, but they brought Salah on. Salah kicked the ball in the goal twice. Uh, two awful bits of defending uh, for the first and third goals, uh, and it just looked like we were bereft of ideas. And even yeah. when we had a chance. Right at the end to score, we're we're missing shots hopelessly, and we we it was truly truly dreadful. And mm-hmm. leading into the Swansea game, a lot of people were saying if we lose this, we think Hughes could go. I wasn't completely sold <laughs> on that, but uh, that that was kind of suggested. Um, mm-hmm. But but we got we got an important win, and everyone was saying right the three points are the most crucial thing, and I agree. But it was still drab as hell. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I suppose in that situation, it doesn't matter how you get the points. But it's it's back to this cycle that we've talked about before. Of we will pick up wins like this here and there throughout the season, and it'll be like, oh, everything's fine again. Don't worry about it. There, there are still things wrong, um, majorly wrong. We're still god awful to watch on the whole, uh, say for Shakiri, and there are still tactical decisions that baffle me and there are still certain players who aren't performing very well. Um, that said, I'm delighted three at the back now seems to be dead because who'd have thought that taking two out-of-position wing-backs wing, wing backs and playing them in the correct position <laughs> paid dividends? Eric Peters looks a lot better. Yeah. And you've scored a goal when he plays up front perfect <laughs> yeah like it, it's almost as if playing players in the positions they're comfortable with uh make makes a difference isn't it it's it's interesting that you say that like um about there still being issues because yeah like i don't i don't think yesterday's result as as nice as it is and as good as it is to go into next week and be like yeah we want we want a game and enjoy it and rightly so enjoy it it certainly doesn't mean that the winds have changed in the other direction for and that and that all those problems have gone away because it there is yeah there are still there are still big issues with this squad swansea are just not very good and we were better than them on the day mm. which is which is fine um but uh, yeah you you can't you can't say that this team playing that way would get the same result against a lot of other teams in this division no, absolutely not. Um, but whilst whilst I still search for like the the main positives, then um, 
Uh, who impressed you then, Chris? Uh, Joe Allen won Man of the Match at the ground. Uh, did you agree with that decision? Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think he was probably one of the best players on the day. Um, I thought, uh, despite his uh, potential near own goal, I thought Ryan was all right. Um, Shakiri, as always, is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, those those are the those are the standout standout players. Uh, I, had, I had a big discussion last night on Twitter about Joe Allen because um, uh, I, I, the the word banded around was outstanding that Joe Allen was outstanding, and um, I think I'm probably been really really overcritical of Joe Allen because I mean, and I'm quite like I'm happy to admit as a player I'm just a bit yeah about him bit meh like i don't dislike the guy i like him but equally i'm not like a devout joe allen follower and so and so like for me his performance against uh swansea yeah that's how he should be playing like it's not like oh he was so good he was amazing no that that's in that position that is what he should be doing in every match like okay without like completely agree that he was good but I I don't know if that's comparative to everyone else that you know the people people's view of him being outstanding yesterday is based on the fact that he was surrounded by a lot of other players on both sides who weren't actually that good yesterday. That that's a very interesting point. It very much uh, depends on your definition of outstanding, and and uh, I th- think it also raises the issue of have we set certain standards for certain players in judging their performances. If somebody else had delivered that same level of performance, would we have thought it was as good, uh, for example? I think Joe Allen, it was an 8 out of 10 performance, still enough to win the Man of the Match awards, slightly above... uh, It was a good performance, bordering on very good. Um, And I agree, I think he was our best player and deserved the Man of the Match award. But I also think he is doing... He particularly against Swansea had to do an awful lot more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I think Darren Fletcher has seriously gone off the boil recently, and and Joe Allen's had to pick up a lot of the running, uh, and and the closing down and the hassling and stuff, which he found it much easier to do against Swansea than he did against Liverpool. But I also think Shakiri was probably an eight out of ten as well. Mm-hmm. But I don't think people would have gone away from that game saying, "Oh, Shakiri was absolutely amazing," like like they may have done it. About Joe Allen, I think Shakiri had an okay game by his standards. Mm-hmm. I mean, he 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 dictated pretty much all of our attacking play. He scored a really good goal, um, but I don't think people would have gone away from that scene yeah. as like a vintage Shaq performance. Yeah. Whereas I think so by Shaq standards, it it was okay. Whereas mm-hmm. by Joe Allen's certainly Joe Allen's recent standards, it was very yeah. good in comparison. And I agree with you. He should be. He, I want to see more of that from Jarlan. I, yeah. I, 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 I don't want to turn this into slagging him off recently because I think again he was he was another match. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I agree with you. I, I want to see more of that from Jarlan. And I also want to see a different midfield partner now. Because yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Like, I, there isn't. It would be unfair to to, to criticize him because yeah, I. I think if you review the performance against Swansea and if you took out Joe Allen and Shakiri for that matter, like that team doesn't 
win the game yesterday. Like you replace them with no. whoever else you want to replace them with. I don't think that team wins it because I do think that those two players especially were crucial, not just in terms of the setting up and scoring of the equalising goal, but their overall performance was was crucial to the game. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I kind of feel bad that I'm I'm, I'm being a bit harsh to Joe Allen, but no, I just he, in playing that role. That is kind of what I expect. I do agree, though, that Joe Allen, especially with Darren Fletcher at the moment, he's having to do twice as much work. And I wonder if if Stoke were to get a more deeper-lying player, a younger guy, a bit more energy, whether you would see Joe Allen's performances uh, get better because he's got more support in midfield. I don't know. There's a lad in La Liga who's had a bust-up with his manager recently who I think we should go after. Uh, French French guy. Um <laughs> Ste- Stephen wait, hang on, got his name here. Stephen Unzonzai. Unzonzai, uh, yeah. Unzonzai. I think he'll, we should get this guy. He he, I think he looks pretty good. He'll never come to us, will he? He's 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 gonna Everton, so Oh god. Yeah. That well, that, that that would be genuinely awful if and when that Yes. Happens. Yes. Um So yeah, I think of those who were impressed, uh, Joe Allen, man of the match, Shakiri also played well. Um, Shawcross, I agree. And I think uh, it's time for a little bit of a chat about Eric Peters, uh, <laughs> because by and large, people considered him to have had a much improved performance yesterday at, off the back of a lot, a lot of stick. Some of it deserved, some of it slightly excessive uh, after his role in Liverpool's victory in midweek and kind of a series of very underwhelming performances from Eric Peters Brighton away was particularly bad he made mistakes at Palace away Yeah. from my point of view there is a clear and distinct difference between what he does as a left back and what he does as a left wing back it's almost like when he's playing at left back he's much more comfortable and when he's asked to bomb forward considering he can't cross very well that's not fair on him. And it also means he's he's doing a lot of his defending like in front of forward players, if you know what I mean. He, yeah. Because he's yeah, further yeah. up the pitch, yeah, yeah, yeah. he has to chase after people a lot more. Yeah. He, he's, he's having to run back and he's clearly not very adept at that. Um, ben Jones on our Facebook page didn't agree with the fans booing Peters and getting on his back. I'm the first to admit that I'm not a Peters fan and he was poor in the first half but it's not his fault that Hughes chooses to play him in a position that he's not comfortable in, and booing him was exactly not exactly doing his confidence any good. And I thought he picked up as the game went on and was one of our better players in the second half. Would you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd completely agree with that. I'd, um, when he was booed, it was just after he'd what I think he'd like knocked a ball out of play or something by mistake or passed it back to Swans. He basically he'd made, he had made a mistake. Um, and it was a very, very loud booing. And I did feel kind of quite sorry for the guy. Now, um, we, we we had a similar conversation a bit back about when Glenn Johnson got booed. And, I, I mean, I can un- again, I understand completely why people are frustrated and why they would boo. And Eric Peters' performances have not been... They, they've, not, they've not been good. Like, but... I think I think the problem that Eric Peters has had is, like you say, He's not a left wing back, and he's been asked to play in a position where he's essentially creating things from the from the left flank rather than defending. Um, and and for God knows what, 
well, it's since Mark Hughes has got here, Eric Peters has hardly missed a match. Like mm. we 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 we've not rotated him, and so he's going to go through spells where he's not in good form, and and he's struggling. And if you're not going to give him a bit of protection from that, then this is the situation you find yourself in. Like I say, I think he he was a lot better yesterday, and I think as a much more defensive just fullback, he's um he, you know he's a decent player, and and he doesn't he he hasn't hidden at all. Oh God, no! Uh, he's, I mean, it's a, it's a minor thing that people point out, but he is always kind of the first guy to clap the fans at full time. He's always like, make sure he does a lap of the ground or whatever, and that and that's nice enough on its own, I suppose. But he doesn't sh- strike me as a guy who's who's gonna let this recent criticism affect him. I must admit, at the ground, I didn't notice the booing, perhaps because I'm just kind of zoned yeah. out to it. But I didn't notice it up until I think he played a pass back to Jack Butland instead. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we do this a lot at Stoke and sometimes I think it's a bit ridiculous when it's that we literally just keep possession and the fans get really antsy about that, like passing it backwards instead of uh, knocking it forward. Yeah. Um sometimes it is kind of like, oh, why have you played it back there? It's a bit pointless. But like Eric Peters is not alone in doing that, and he wasn't alone in doing that yesterday either. Shawcross and Zuma did it as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm a bit kind of like, oh guys, do we really need to boo that? Little <laughs> into yeah, yeah, it, I, it is it's silly. I remember oh, this is a season or two back watching one of the games on TV, and Danny Higginbottom was commentating, and there was a situation there where. We passed it back to the keeper, and fans got frustrated, and you could hear them like booing along. And and Danny Higginbottom made this really good point of if you're wanting a change in style at a football club, it's not just the players who have to get used to that. Then it's got to be the fans as well. The fans have got to understand that this is a different system. They've got to be a lot more patient with it. Um, mm. You can't suddenly expect you know to to well, as soon as things don't go your way, revert to to type and start kicking it long. Funny that, because that's essentially kind of the hybrid that we are now. Yeah, I think uh, Tony Adams was saying about us this morning that we have uh, reverted to Tony Pulis-style football, and I've seen comments to the effect of, right, that's okay, let's do it then. This is what we are now. We are long ball <laughs> Stoke again, and some people are embracing it, some people will very much not be embracing it. Um <laughs> I think I don't know. I mean, you we want we we want results. Yeah. First and foremost, I suppose. And I also think Crouch should be starting up front, possibly in a two, possibly in a four-two-three-one. But I don't think the long ball Tony Pulis stuff is going to work long term. It'll work in odd matches, especially mm-hmm. against a, a really weak and vulnerable Swansea side but I don't think that tactic will reap the rewards we hope it will because I don't think we are strong enough at the back I don't think the midfield has as much energy and dynamism as it should and I just don't don't think we're set up for it because it's a pale imitation of Tony Pulis we haven't got Tony Pulis players all across the pitch and our our wingers for example are are not going to do the kind of donkey work that 
and nor should they really i think i don't think they should be expected to do um as much donkey work as like etherington used to and stuff mm-hmm. that said our formation yesterday was was bizarre and it really really confused me um it when i first saw the team sheet i thought right we're doing three at the back again because it seemed like <laughs> three center halves due for eric peters but then we started to line up in a in a four four two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shaq on the right, Chupo on the left. But then Shaq and you touched on this earlier. It's either by Shaq's design or Mark yes. Hughes's design, and it seemed like it it was Shakiri just def- taking matters yes. into his own hands because you had, uh, I think Fletcher and Zuma kind of like, why aren't you out on the right, Shaq? Yeah, 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 yeah. Now bizarrely, going down the middle as Shaq seemed to do. And playing more directly behind Peter Crouch was co- completely the right thing to do. We need Chuck <laughs> in the middle of the pitch. We need him to be able to influence play as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And so that was cre- completely the correct decision. And if it turns out Mark Hughes did tell him to, to go inside, then fair play, Mark Hughes. I'll, I'll hold my hands up and give you credit, mate. But it, it was really bizarre how that just kind of happened. Like yeah. we started out in a system... I think Rob Doolin on Twitter called it a false seven that Shakiri was playing. <laughs> and, cer- like and, cer- and certainly the average positions, if you look at the kind of the graph of av- average positions on a game, mm. that's no that doesn't look like a four four two at all. No, not um, at all. <laughs> and and then kind of in the second half it looked like Chupo was playing in the middle and it looked kind of like a four three three almost, and then it looked like a four four two diamond with Darren Fletcher's really far back, Chupo and Dallin in the middle, and then Shakiri at the top of the diamond. And I was really struggling to kind of keep up with what what shape we were playing. It didn't look it didn't look like any formation we've no. we've kind of had for too long at Stoke. Um, and I, I'd be I'd be curious about a four four two diamond. I don't know if I, if I'd want it, you know, forever. <laughs> Certainly, given the lack of central central midfielders we have at the club, uh, but yeah, I suppose it worked. I want Shaq in the middle. I want Shaq at ten. I suppose is is my main point. So in that case, I think we should have a four two three one with Juve on the right, Chupa on the left for the moment. Um, so yeah, what, what what did you make of it? It really it really confused me, Chris. Yeah, it 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 seemed to. It struck me as a team that really was kind of just going wherever it needed to go. Like it didn't. It didn't seem like there was a particular right. You're now going to play this formation, Shaq. You need to come central. Blah de blah. Because I mean, when when Shaq did move central, the only real like it's not even a real criticism, but. The, the Swansea had a lot of space out on that yeah. flank where he was, where he would have been, and like they, they tried to utilize that a little bit. And Shaq uh, was getting pelters from that from the stands. Yeah, yeah, because well, where are you? You're supposed to be playing on the right mid. Um, it was funny that you said about Darren Fletcher, like telling him you need to get out. Like I saw him do that, and then like a minute later, oh, he's on the end of a ball and he's put it in the net. Like <laughs> it's. It's really, really interesting. I do think Shaq works more as that central figure who is picking out cr- passes, and yeah, he works better centrally. Um, but then equally, but I, d- or I don't. Or at least know- not, or at least not as a 
right-sided pony of four four two. That's yeah, way too way too far the, back and from, way too yeah, isolated for sure. Exactly, exactly. But I equally, I don't really want to put Jalf uh, out on the like on the right because I liked him up top yesterday. I thought he made a little bit of a nuisance of himself. Um, so I don't know what the solution is, Dave. I think just <sighs> let's hope. Let's just wing it, wing it, and hope because I ain't got a clue what <laughs> or, you do. Or in the case of Shaq, not not wing it. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, we. It, I think it was a real kind of test of character yesterday. I think you can go overboard and talking about things like passion and desire and stuff, but I think we did show that, and um, we showed like we we didn't just wilt after bloody Bonnie. I mean, I swear to God, Chris, <laughs> you I, knew I, it. I said in the concourse at full. Uh, before the game, if I was to put a bet on anything happening in this game, I would put a bet on Bonnie scoring. Yep. And sure enough, two minutes later, sticks it in the goal. Just like, yeah. it's just typical, isn't it? It's just classic <laughs> football narrative. Narrative yeah. scored that goal. And and there's a certain resilience to the team, though, as well, to go three minutes in or whatever, go a goal down, for the crowd to get on your back, and for you to pull up a a win out of it there, that takes a little bit of character you'd and have to I, say I think, I think you can definitely see in the celebrations of the two goals that I think they were really kind of up for it yesterday I think Alan and Shakiri and Juf have all were all kind of like really giving it the big one and yeah. like geeing up the crowd and stuff and that was great to see I think Shaq recently has been kind of a man on the on a mission and, and really kind of shown uh, that kind of fight and determination you want from him alongside all the technical brilliance he does provide. Um, he might just be putting himself in the shop window, though. <laughs> putting a uh... cynical hat on, though. Um, uh, back to Ben Jones on Facebook. He, he's uh, got another point here. Build-up play and passing is still very slow. We never look threatening when counter-attacking, especially on the opposition corners as we bring everybody back to defend and don't leave anybody up front. What's the point of having Shakiri back to defend? That's, that's a fair enough point. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it baffles me bringing Levin back for corners in general. I'm always like, you need someone out there. You need an outlet. Um, mm. I thought Crouch actually defended very well yesterday. I thought it was a good performance in general from, from Pete. Uh, but... He, some of his best contributions were defensively in our own box as well, so uh, that was pretty pleasing. Uh, also, want to mention Ramadan. What did you make of his little cameo? Um, I thought he was okay. Uh, the issue with Ramadan is his end product, and I mean, he's he's a raw player. He's he he needs to develop, um, and I think there is a danger that we forget that by criticizing him a, a, a bit heavily but I, I mean I thought he was okay I yeah there are there are areas of his game that obviously he can improve in mm. uh, but no yeah, I just thought he was okay really um, Go I thought I thought everything apart from the t- uh, kind of pass to Eric Peters was yeah. great because uh, that aside where he really should have just put his laces through it and this is kind of the big criticism of Ramadan Sobi that his final ball just isn't there mm. and a lot of people will say 
they, are, they don't think that can be coached now. I, I'm still very much still. Uh, I've got massive amounts of faith in the guy. I think he's still very, very exciting. And when he does start adding those kind of moments to his game, when he just puts his laces through a ball or look, uh, pick, puts his head up and finds the right pass at the right time, then bloody hell, we're going to see a real player. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, even that incident I mentioned there where he should have just had a dig, but that came from him just turning two guys and, and sprinting into the box. So, I, And I thought also his link-up play towards the end of the game with Shakiri was very good. It was quite mm-hmm. a nice little uh, moment of the match as well. So, yeah, um, I, I quite like him. Uh, I think what he's also struggled recently in that he's played in a poor team that's losing games and he's started this little recent spell as well. So he's come in for a lot of criticism. Some, some, some of it deserves some of it a bit too harsh, I think. Uh, but he's coming for some criticism at a time where the team is struggling and that's going to be even worse for him. Yeah. Um, uh, anything else on this game then? Obviously, uh, Hughes, is, Hughes is staying to the end of the season, isn't he? Yeah, I can't see a situation where they're going to get rid of him, especially after Peter Coates' comments, um, which was not a vote of confidence. It was a, yeah, why would we even like think anything different? It, it wasn't even like that typical, we will support the manager that you usually get before a sacking. Um, I don't... I don't know if I want us to stick with Mark. No, I don't want us to stick with Mark Hughes this season because I do think that we're going to have more matches that are akin to Liverpool than we are wins like against the likes of Swansea. Um, I think that it's. I think that we're in danger of having another write-off of a season, and <sighs> I don't know. It, it just feels like the that Stoke as a as a as a board are just very very conservative with what they want to do going forward and mm. I yeah I don't see a situation where Mark Hughes leaves um as much as I'll quite freely admit that I'd like them to mm. okay that that said then it, it, accepting like he'll be here till the end of the season uh what would he need to do uh a in January and B, uh, kind of in the next few games to kind of maybe win your back round to. I mean, it's the same thing that that I I said in the summer when he didn't leave. I all, all I want us to to do is <laughs> to improve. Um, I'd, I'd like us to be a bit more precise in our game going forward because it does feel like there isn't much of a of an impetus going forward. I'd like us to... I'm t- I mean, I'm trying to be realistic because I, d- I don't think it would be fair to say I want us to go and start smashing teams because, like, you've got to take into consideration where we are. But I think for me to, like, be giving Mark Hughes another chance, we would have to m- get into a position where we are moving away from a relegation battle and where we are putting in good performances against the teams around us especially um i want to see us improve in, in defense because we are still quite shambolic there and i i 
it's the same thing where there were there's a lot of like key issues that we've all seen as fans that we're kind of like well why doesn't this is so obvious why do you not fix this i think it helps if we move away from the three at the back uh simply because we don't have the players for it um i, I just want us to to play nice football and try that's all i really want mm. yeah uh so spurs away next week uh i'm off to wembley come on yeah enjoy uh, yourself yeah, I will. I will because tell you what, Chris, Stoke are gonna win, and I'll tell you why Stoke are gonna <laughs> win. We have a hundred percent record against teams who play in white at Wembley. <laughs> nice, hundred percent record against London clubs at Wembley. Okay, you know, aggregate score across two Wembleys is yep. ten three. You can't yep. argue with those statistics. You, you can't argue with that. Uh, what I would say is the narrative is that Spurs have not been playing well recently. They, and, and we've got narrative on our side as well. No, 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 no. Well, well, that's my problem. This is my problem. Oh no, they've not played well, have they, Spurs? So, what team are they going to have a good performance against? Well, it's not well, Spurs. When do they ever do anything against us? <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least you get to get a Wembley. Like you never, yeah. you you absolutely never know. Like and. Uh, I mean, um, this this is clutching at straws, but I also didn't think we'd beat Arsenal this year. So you you never know what could happen. Um, if we did do it, then that would be a massive shot shot in the arm, not just for the team, but I think for the fans. Um, and I think you would genuinely see a change in position from fans who were a little bit uh, apathetic towards Mark Hughes. A win at Wembley would change, I think, a lot of people's opinions. That being said, oh... I'm not sure it's going to happen. Well, it might. It, <laughs> it bloody might, Chris. It, it bl- we we believe. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's going to be four nil to Stoke. Just so, <laughs> um, so I'll be reporting back from Wembley uh, next week, letting you all know how we did, uh, in case you missed the score for some reason, in case you just hide behind a sofa the whole weekend. But yeah, I'll let you know how it was and how much I paid for a beer as well because it's expensive <sighs> in that London. So, oh, it's so dear. And I've got to get on the tube and everything. Oh my gosh. But, you know, it'll be a fun day. A fun day out. That's yeah. what they say about going to Wembley, isn't it? It's a good it's a... day out for the fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Miles away from everything. No decent pubs around the ground. Really expensive. Wembley, come the proper, on. The proper footballing experience. Yeah, my knees have gone all trembly. So, thank you very much for listening to the Wizards of Dribble podcast. Thank you, Chris. Thank you very much, Dave. Go on, Stoke.